Part three, chapter twenty three of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter twenty three. Prince Andrei required his father's sanction for his marriage, and the next day he set out for his home. The old prince received his son's communication with external unconcern, but with wrath in his heart. As his own life was nearing its close, he could not understand how any one could wish to make such a change in his life, to introduce into it such a new and unknown element. If only they would let me live out my life in my own way, then, when I am gone, they can do as they please, said the old man to himself. With his son, however, he made use of that diplomacy which he employed in matters of serious import. Assuming a tranquil tone, he summed the whole matter up. In the first place, the match was not brilliant, as to the birth, fortune, or distinction of the bride's family. In the second place, Prince Andrei was not as young as he had once been, and his health was feeble. The old prince laid a special stress on this, and she was very young. In the third place, he had a son, whom it would be a shame to give over to the mercy of a young stepmother. In the fourth place, finally, said the father, giving his son an ironical look, I beg of you to postpone the affair for a year. Go abroad, go through a course of treatment, find a good German tutor for Prince Nikolai, and then, if your love, passion, stubbornness, whatever you call it, is as strong as ever, why, marry her. And this is my last word, remember, absolutely my last word, concluded the old prince, in a tone that signified that nothing could ever change his mind. Prince Andrei clearly saw that the old prince hoped that either his sentiments or his prospective brides might not withstand the test of a year, or else that he himself, since he was an old man, might die meantime. He, accordingly, determined to obey his father's wishes, to offer himself, and then postpone the wedding for a year. Three weeks after his last call at the Rostovs, Prince Andrei returned to Petersburg. The day following her confidential talk with her mother, Natasha waited anxiously for Bolkonsky, but he did not come. The second day, and the third day, it was precisely the same. Pierre also failed to come, and Natasha, not knowing that the prince had gone to see his father, could not explain his absence. Thus elapsed three weeks. Natasha had no desire to go anywhere, and she wandered like a languid and mournful shadow through the rooms, Evenings she hid herself away from the others and wept, and no longer came to her mother's bedchamber. She frequently flushed, and her temper grew peevish. She had an impression that everybody knew about her disappointment, and was laughing at her and pitying her. This grief, born of pride, added to her misery, all the more from the fact that it was hidden grief. One time she went to the countess and tried to say something, but suddenly burst into tears. Her tears were like those of a child who had been unjustly punished, and who knows not why. The countess tried to calm her, but the young girl, though she at first began to listen, suddenly interrupted her. "'Do stop, mamma. I do not even think of him. He came, and then he stopped coming. He stopped coming, that's all.' Her voice faltered. She almost wept, but she controlled herself and went on. "'I haven't any desire at all to be married, and I have been afraid of him all the time.' I'm perfectly content now, perfectly content. On the day following this conversation, Natasha put on an old dress for which she had an especially tender feeling, owing to the gay times which she had enjoyed when wearing it in days past, 
and from that morning she once more resumed the occupations that she had dropped since the time of the ball after she had drunk her tea she went into the ballroom which she liked on account of its powerful resonance and began to practice her solfeggi and other exercises after she had finished her lesson she stood in the middle of the room and repeated a single musical phrase which pleased her more than others she joyfully listened to the charming and apparently unexpected way in which those notes reverberated through the empty spaces of the ballroom and slowly died away and suddenly her heart grew lighter what is the use of thinking so much about it all it is good as it is she said to herself and she began to pace up and down the room not content with simply walking along the echoing inlaid floor but at every step she wore her favorite new slippers setting her little heels down first and then her toes and finding no more enjoyment in the sounds of her voice than in the regular clapping of the heel and the creaking of the toe as she passed the mirror she glanced into it what a girl i am the expression of her face as she caught sight of the reflection in the glass seemed to say it's all good i need no one a lackey was on the point of coming in to make some arrangements in the ballroom but she sent him away closing the door after him and then continued her walk now again this morning she resumed her former favorite habit of loving and admiring her own sweet self how charming this natasha is she was saying as though the words were spoken by some third person the man of her imagination pretty a good voice young and she does not interfere with any one only leave her in peace but even if she had been left in peace she could not have been calm and of this she was immediately made aware the front door into the vestibule was opened and someone asked are they at home and then a man's steps were heard natasha was gazing into the mirror but she did not see herself she heard voices in the vestibule when her face again cleared itself before her eyes she was pale it was he she was sure of it though she could barely distinguish the voices through the closed doors pale and frightened natasha ran into the drawing-room mamma bolkonsky has come she cried mamma this is dreadful this is unendurable i will not be tortured so what shall i do the countess had not time to answer a word when prince andrei with a grave and anxious face was shown in as soon as he caught sight of natasha a flash of joy lighted it he kissed the countess's hand and natasha's and took a seat near the sofa it is a long time since we have had the pleasure the countess began to say but prince andrei interrupted her he answered her implied question and was evidently anxious to speak what was on his mind as soon as possible i have not been to see you all this time for the reason that i went to confer with my father i only returned yesterday evening he said glancing at natasha i should like to have a little conversation with you countess he added after a moment's silence the countess drawing a long sigh dropped her eyes i am at your service she murmured natasha knew that it was her duty to leave the room but she found it impossible to stir something choked her and she stared at prince andrei almost rudely with wide eyes what so soon this very moment no it cannot be she said to herself he again looked at her and this glance told her that beyond a peradventure she was not deceived yes her fate was to be decided instantly that moment then and there go natasha i will send for you whispered the countess natasha with startled pleading eyes looked at her mother and at prince andrei and left the room 
i have come countess to ask your daughter's hand said prince andrei the countess's face flushed but she said nothing your proposal began the countess gravely prince andrei waited and looked into her eyes your proposal she grew confused is very pleasing to us and and i accept accept your proposal with pleasure and my husband i hope but it will depend upon herself i will ask her as soon as i receive your permission will you grant it said prince andrei yes said the countess and she offered him her hand and with a mixed feeling of alienation and affection touched his brow with her lips as he bent over her hand she was ready to love him as a son but she was conscious that he held her at a distance and filled her with a sort of terror i am sure that my husband will give his consent said the countess but your batyushka my father to whom i have confided my plans has consented on the express stipulation that the wedding should not take place within a year and this was the very thing that i wished to tell you said prince andrei it is true that natasha is still young but a year is a long time there is no alternative said prince andrei with a sigh i will send her to you said the countess and she left the room lord have mercy upon us she repeated over and over as she went in search of her daughter sonya said that natasha was in her chamber she found her sitting on her bed pale with dry eyes gazing at the holy pictures and swiftly crossing herself and whispering unintelligible words when she saw her mother she jumped up and rushed to her what mamma what is it go go to him he has proposed for your hand said the countess coldly so it seemed to natasha go go reiterated the mother drawing a long sigh and looking with melancholy reproachful eyes after her daughter as she flew out of the room natasha could not have told for the life of her how she found herself in the drawing-room but as she went into the room and caught sight of him she stopped short can it be that this stranger is now all in all to me she asked herself and the reply came like a flash yes he alone is dearer to me than all in the world prince andrei went to her with downcast eyes i have loved you from the first moment that i saw you may i dare to hope he looked at her and the grave passion expressed in his face filled her with wonder her eyes replied why should you ask why should you doubt what you must surely know why should you speak when it is impossible with words to express what you feel she drew near to him and paused he took her hand and kissed it do you love me yes yes exclaimed natasha with something that seemed almost like vexation and catching her breath more and more frequently she began to sob what is it what is the matter ah oh, i am so happy she replied smiling through her tears and coming closer to him she hesitated for a moment as though asking if it were permissible and then kissed him prince andrei held her hand and gazed into her eyes and failed to find in his heart his former love for her a sudden transformation seemed to have taken place in his soul there was none of that former poetical and mysterious charm of longing but there was a feeling akin to pity for her weakness as a woman as a child there was a shade of fear in presence of her utter self-renunciation and her fearless honesty 
a solemn and at the same time blissful consciousness of the obligation which forever bound him to her the present feeling though it was not so bright and poetical as the former was more deep and powerful has your maman told you that our marriage cannot be until a year has passed asked prince andrei continuing to gaze into her eyes can it be that this is the little silly chit of a girl as they all say of me mused natasha can it be that from this time forth i am the wife the equal of this stranger this gentle learned man whom even my father regards with admiration can it be true that now henceforth life has become serious that now i am grown up that now i shall be responsible for every word and deed yes but what was that he asked me no she said aloud but she did not know what he had asked her forgive me said prince andrei but you are so young and i have already had such long experience of life i tremble for you you do not know yourself natasha with concentrated attention listened to what he said and did her best to take in the full meaning of his words but it was impossible how hard this year will be for me deferring my happiness pursued prince andrei but during that time you will have to make sure of your own heart at the end of the year i shall ask you to make me happy but you are free our betrothal shall remain a secret and if you should discover that you do not love me if you should love said prince andrei with a forced and unnatural smile why do you say that asked natasha interrupting him you know that from the very first day that you came to otranoya i loved you she said firmly convinced that she was telling the truth in a year you will have learned to know yourself a whole year suddenly exclaimed natasha it now suddenly for the first time dawning upon her that the wedding was to be postponed and why a year why a year prince andrei began to explain the reasons for this postponement natasha refused to listen to him and is there no other way of doing she asked prince andrei made no answer but the expression of his face told her how unalterable his decision was this is terrible no this is terrible terrible suddenly exclaimed natasha and again she began to sob i shall die if i have to wait a year it cannot be it is dreadful she looked into her lover's face and saw that it was full of sympathy and perplexity no no i, I will do everything you wish she said suddenly ceasing to sob i am so happy her father and mother came into the room and congratulated the affianced pair from that day forth prince andrei began to visit the rostovs as natasha's accepted husband End of chapter 23